Yeah, this is my life. I'm done trying to convince people I'm real. Sleep, never retreat. Welcome to Road to the Trials podcast presented by Coros, where we take an insider's look into the training and racing of some of America's best runners as they prepare for the Olympic track trials in Eugene in late June. And in this episode, we catch back up with Tyler Day. If you haven't heard my episode with my first episode, I should say with Tyler, definitely check that one out. In this one, we catch back up with Tyler, who is actively rehabbing from an Achilles injury uh, that sidelined him for a while now. You know, he, as you'll hear, he heard it in December and he's getting back and he's really on the cusp of getting really back into training the way that he wants to train. He's so close. Many of us have experienced this kind of thing before. So I couldn't wait to talk to him about this to get a professional's perspective on all the challenges and opportunities that come with an injury like this. Obviously, certainly more challenges than opportunities, but I meant that in terms of you know how they, they frame this process and this part of their journey. So let's get into it with Tyler Day. Hey, Tyler, welcome back to the show. Hey, what's up, man? Thanks for having me back. I'm so excited to chat with you. Uh, last time we had a little, little technological interference. <laughs> People were laughing. They're like, thank God that you gave a little intro saying that you couldn't hear Tyler because they were worried that, uh, that something was wrong with me because your quality humor wasn't landing and it had, it was nothing to do with either of us. It was just a, a technological mishap. Oh, I'm glad to hear it because I said some jokes today and my teammates were not having it. So I literally thought it was me uh, for the longest time. It could still be me. Maybe your your audience are very nice people. But yeah, I, I'm, I'm glad that we could blame it on technology, technology for my crappy jokes. All right. So I guess our gingerness and our freckles are not the only thing that we have in common. My wife has basically banned me from making jokes in the house because they never land. Uh, so it's, it's pretty much, it's pretty much over at this point. The only person I tell jokes to are myself. Um, but before we get into it, um, this is basically catching up on how you are doing because kind of like how Dana Giordano, uh, in a similar situation, you are now recovering in the process of getting back to full health, uh, from an injury. If someone hasn't listened to our first episode, or maybe they did and they're just, they had a hard time recollecting exactly, um, how it ended. Just give us a refresher on, on what the injury is and how it occurred. Yeah, so Reader Digest version of that. Uh, I was in the track meet uh, for the 10K and was going up to the A standard, and I had to pull out of the race with 3K left because my Achilles flared up, and that was on December 5th. And since then, I've just been recuperating, uh, just learning how to walk again pain-free. Uh, I think we chalked it up to Achilles tendonitis was part of that, so gotta love that Achilles, you know, it's not a pesky tendon, you know, if the Greeks made a mythology thing around it, it must be something big. Um, but yeah, no, uh, just trying to get back on the boat. Uh, but yeah, had an injury since December and yeah, just trying to get back to training as at normal. Okay. So let's talk about the evolution of this, of, of getting back, uh, to full health. Um, was the diagnosis pretty much on point right from the start or was there, um, sort of like a search and search and destroy part of figuring out exactly what was wrong? Yeah, I think it was a mixture of everything. Um, and so I, I, I got injured during my race in California and then my Achilles just literally blew up, like it swelled up. Um, I remember coach Ben was like, Hey, did you hear anything pop or tear? And I said, no, I didn't. I, 
walked in and not hear anything. I didn't feel anything. I was a pop or tear. It's just my Achilles heel was just throbbing with pain. And he's like, okay. And so we did the car ride back to Flagstaff. The next day I got to go see our, uh, our, our PT guy, uh, AJ, Greg, the Greg brothers that own Hypo2 up here at Flagstaff. Uh, they're also like our, our weight trainers and stuff. We work really closely with them. Uh, he looked at my ankle. I, I was literally just limping in. Like I, I couldn't even, yeah, walk. It was really bad. And he's like, well, good thing is nothing is like torn because, you know, if it was torn, you wouldn't be able to do this or that, you know, just, you know, medical stuff and the way how he was bending my ankle back and forth. And uh, he's like, yeah, this is pretty much Achilles tendonitis. And yeah, you just got to keep an eye on it. So got to the point where my first workouts were just like take a walk around the block. Like, that's what it was. He's like, I just want you to walk pain free again. And so it was just, I, I just put it and it was pretty, it was kind of snowing then in January. We got a lot of snowfall during that time. And so I just literally just put on my puffy jacket, snow jacket. I put on my headphones, kind of <laughs> played uh, uh, anything to my, I think during that time I was listening to some T-Pain. So put on some T-Pain and just walked for two miles um, and power walks. You know, I, I felt like a, a middle-aged mother out there just power walking, listening to T-Pain. And um, you can also so say that you feel like a, a, a over the hill podcast host. Cause I'm doing the same thing with an injury. So I know exactly what you mean. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 So, uh, but yeah, no, I, I was just walking and I was walking a lot and it came to the point where I was doing progression running. So it would be like one minute on two minutes off and, got to the point where then I was able to kind of string miles together where then I could actually run for eight miles. Uh, and, uh, I think, yeah, I remember last week, AJ, the dude I've been working with and also like once every seven to five days, he goes, I really want to check in with you. And so I would go and see AJ and we would do like the, uh, the, the not Theragun, but it's like the shockwave, um, which is, it's, it's, it's a really aggressive massage gun. Um, We've done lasers before. It was crazy. I, I did acu or, or like the little acupuncture. I, I did all sorts of things. I think we put some crystals on it. Just kidding. I'm not going that far. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, it was, it, it's kind of been a slow process, but you don't want to really want to rush into, it, it's not like a, oh, I, I, you know, my, my hips a little sore, you know, it's just, it, it was just like, you know, it's just like an Achilles tendon. It's like the one thing that's, you know, it's pretty major in, in all facets of life. It's just, it's a bummer that the one thing I injured is just, you know, it, it ruins everything about my life. It's not like I hurt my elbow and, oh, I could just use my other hand. It's literally I have to walk everywhere and, and, and sit everywhere and everything. But yeah, on with the story. Um, yeah, I was able to do 10 miles last week when AJ was just like, hey, let's see if we could do 10. And yeah, I did 10. And today was like my first workout. So yeah, it's it's, it's been a long, it's been a slow journey. But thankfully, um, I think time is still on my side. It, it's still pretty early for me to really get, hell bent on trying to hit trials marks and everything so but it's just yeah i, I feel like the tortoise and the hare story is really reverberating with me right now slow and steady wins the race all right so i did see your workout scheduled today over on final surge so let's tell people what it was yeah so uh it was the hardest workout of my life just no i kid um <laughs> it was i did 10 by 300 meters and i started at six flat pace so that's 22 for every 100 uh, meter segment. So 22 seconds. And then I dropped down to 20 seconds per 100 meter second. So it's it's definitely not the the sexiest of workouts. You know, it's not like a Straga segment where I could just boast to people I did this for, you know, 300 meters. Um, but it was a step in the right direction, pun intended. Uh, it was, you know, I, I we wanted to be very light. We want to really 
literally do baby steps. I felt like a baby giraffe out there just walking on stilts. Um, and so little by little, we just kind of crunched it down and yeah, it felt really good towards the end where, yeah, for the, for the last, you know, 300 segment, I was hitting 20 seconds, uh, per hundred. And so I was hitting, yeah, 59, 59 minutes for 300. So, or not, wow, 59 minutes, that'd be pretty crazy. 59 seconds for every 300. So, um, yeah, it was a very slow and steady workout, but I have a little bit of a tester workout on Saturday. It's, uh, I believe I wrote this down somewhere. Uh, we're going to Lake Mary Road and I have four by mile and starting at six flat pace and cutting it down to 520. So today was kind of see if my Achilles could take it. And uh, I just wore regular uh, Rincon shoes. So for those who are not familiar with Hoka shoes, I would say the Rincon is pretty much like the flat in the trainer shoe world is very lightweight. Um, it's very durable, but it's not like as aggressive as a flat, you know, it's still one of our trainer shoes. Um, and we use that for kind of longer runs that we need a little bit quicker on. So I was like, ah, my Achilles feels good in this shoe. It's not, not pinching me at all. So I wore that shoe today. So Lake Money or the Lake Mary workout, uh, I might have to break out the Rocket X's, uh, but I got to see if my Achilles would allow me to do that. But yeah, that was a really long winded answer to what you had to say. I'm just excited. I got to work out again. It sounds like it. And of course you should be, right? I mean, this is, this is obviously something you've been working hard to get to in today's workout and even, you know, harkening back to some of the other runs you've done as you built up to 10 miles and progressed like the six miles into the eight miles over the past couple of weeks. Uh, this is one of the nice things that you guys do as a team is that all of your training is over on final surge. People just, you know, just Google Tyler Day final surge. You can find it or any member of the, of the Nesley team is, um, have you found yourself or was there ever a point where you were like overthinking your stride? And like analyzing like every foot strike and how am I landing and how is my gait? Like, have you been able to disengage from that process? Like you say would have, you know, the first week of December when you were just running normally. Yeah. Um, I would say I had to learn to be a, a kind of a heel striker again, if that makes sense. So to, to elaborate, um, yeah all throughout my running career before I came to NAU, I was a predominant heel striker. Like some pictures you would see and people would joke that is a career ending heel strike. Yeah. I was that dude. Um, I was that kid. I was that high schooler. And so when I got to NAU, uh, I was just ingrained like, Hey, I need to run on my midfoot again. I need to run on my midfoot again. But I know for me, was I that, you know, easily... let me jump in there for a second. Was that you saying that, or were you were getting, you know, professional advice or, you know, were your coaches saying that you need to do that? Yeah, co- but I obviously trusted my coaches, so my coaches said that, but obviously like my peers too. Like, there's no way you're able to run that workout on your heels, and I, I, I guess I did. Um, but yeah, no, it was a, uh, yeah, I, I remember those times were at the specifically during my freshman year at NAU. Uh, I, I would just do like specific midfoot heel striking workouts, and I was like the only freshman to do it because I guess I had the worst heel strike. Um, but it got to a point where. I actually worked on it to the point where I was predominantly midfoot and uh but I do have the power to kind of kind of pick the way how I could land my foot onto the ground. And so now fast forward now during this injury process, today I uh whenever I got tired, especially during the warm-up and cool down, because that was just three continuous miles, if I felt like my Achilles was aching, I could then just go back to like my rear foot and put less pressure on my Achilles instead of just going toe to midfoot. Um, but yeah, I, I remember I told AJ that cause I mean, for me, it, it was always kind of frowned upon to like, just go back to going heel strike, but he's like, dude, like if you're doing marathons, that'll be so much pressure 
on your front foot and your toes if you're doing that. If you know how to like finesse, you know, how your foot strikes on the ground, you'd be able to last longer. And and I think also in some races, I look at my spikes that I've had in college and I do see some wear on the heel. So I think I do subconsciously go to my heels when I am tired. So I think right now I'm just kind of forcing my body to, you know, maybe pay attention to the heel strike. So to answer your first question, yeah, I today I did kind of pay attention to where my heel strike is, but it was also to the point where it was 300 meters. So it's not like I'm not too much in my head. Uh, you know, maybe in the mile workout I'm going to have on Saturday, I might be a little too crazy, you know, a little insane in the membrane, a little Cypress Hill action, but I have a, yeah, I just have a feeling that I, I need to learn how to turn my brain off and hopefully trust my body. Hopefully that day will come. Yeah, this is an interesting topic, uh, especially hearing it from you, someone who's accomplished so much in your running career to hear that you're still tinkering with things like this, um, because it doesn't seem like there's any like valid salute, not valid, that's not the right word, but like any like, you know, overarching solution for all runners, right? It's like there's plenty of runners who, who again, will run mid, who'll be midfoot, forefoot strikers. But then like Emily Sisson isn't, she's a heel striker and she's doing pretty well. Like Haile Gebrselassie was a heel striker. He was just fine. He was like one of the best runners of all time. How much of this, uh, in terms of your, your conversations with AJ and the various coaches you've had and just the various pros that you've gotten to know, how much of this just comes down to someone's individual biomechanics versus just being dogmatic about how to land yeah i mean i i feel like obviously having good running form is important you know I, you know keep doing your a skips to keep doing your b skips don't be like well tyler runs in his back foot i don't need to do these stuff no it helps strengthen other parts of your body for sure especially towards the end of the race where sprint mechanics are literally important um i mean that's why you know, why do you think sprinters are so fast and they look robotronic? Because they are literally forcing themselves in those biomechanics. It is impossible to run like that for 10,000 meters, though. <laughs> you know, like they're able to run like that for 60 meters because it's the fastest way to do so. You're not going to do a sprinter mechanics for the whole entire race. Now, I hope someone is out there to prove me wrong. So that would be amazing if your body is able to do that. I just haven't met anyone uh, that is able to hold those, you know, intense mechanics. And so, yeah, I think it is to the point where people could be shoving down your throat. Oh, these are your mechanics. These are important. These are anything. But I feel that only really matters towards the end of the race where you do need to rely on those mechanics when you're tired and what about good form. But sometimes you just got to like, you know, in the start of the race, in the middle of that race, you got to be what's comfortable for you. You know, it's it, it, regardless if it's a mile or, you know, 10 carry, even a marathon, you know, you, you definitely want to be uncomfortable for the longest time until you have to go into that quick mechanic uh realm if you will um but yeah no I, I i mean you know always try to race as comfortable as you can yeah but how much of this also depends on the intensity of what you're doing right so if you're just going for an easy run no matter the length does that change how things obviously in that in that situation you're going to be moving slower and, and things like that and your airtime is different but does that also potentially change how you're striking the ground obviously there are extreme examples of this right like you'd probably land differently in a hundred mile race than you would in a hundred meter race but in the more confined range that you run in does that also uh, affect where you, how you're going to potentially be landing yeah um yeah i i, I think so to an extent, you know, uh, I mean, obviously for like long runs, you just try to want to try to get a slow effort, whether it regardless if you're hitting your midfoot like that, um, or even your heel stuff. So yeah, I, I think it does to a point if you are doing a long run. Yeah. You might have different varieties of how your 
foot is striking the ground. But I think at the end of the day, just you want to do what's kind of comfortable to you, you know, and then and if it is like an intense workout, definitely work on that form, you know, towards the end to try to help get those extra seconds. Now, had you had Achilles issues in the past prior to this injury? I actually had no issues in the past. This is like my first major injury. My, I would say like my first real injury was my hip was kind of out of whack uh, during my sophomore year. But that was because it's kind of an embarrassing story. Uh, this is when Pokemon Go just came out and I was trying to catch a Pidgey on my bike and it was a brand new bike at the time. So the brakes were super stiff. So I found a Pidgey <laughs> in my neighborhood. And so I, I just fully grasped my front brake on my bike went over the handlebars and like skid up my knee, my hands. And I, I think I landed on my hip. I still caught the Pidgey, but like, yeah, I think that kind of happened. But it was to that point, I was only out for maybe barely even a month. And then I was, you know, thrown into the Wisconsin race. And I, I think I placed like 20 something. So it, it, it didn't put me out as long. This, I would say this is for me is my first real injury ever. Um, but yeah, I, I was, I, I was pretty Mr. Consistent when, I was in college, you know, I, I was kind of like the dude where I would brag to people like, yeah, I, I would bend and not break in. Now, of course, when I when, when money's on the line, my body's like, all right, time to snap. So uh, but yeah, no, this is like my first major injury that uh, I have ever had in my career. Hey, folks, the Road to the Trials podcast is presented by Koros Wearables, makers of performance GPS watches that help athletes train to their best. Athletes like world record marathoner Elliot Kipchoge and multi-time U.S. champion Emma Coburn trust Koros watches to track their training from long runs to track workouts with their innovative track mode, which I Frankly, I'm just going to input this. I love their track mode. This is one of the reasons I love these watches. You can measure your next track workout to near perfection, whether you've got 400 meter repeats in lane one or a four mile tempo in lane five. You can trust Coral's watches to provide the stats that you crave. So show your support for the brands that support this podcast and pick up the Pace 2, the latest GPS watch on the market. Enter code TRIALS at checkout on Coros.com. That's C-O-R-O-S.com for free accessory with your purchase. You can just pick whichever one you like after you enter the code. So when you use the Coros product, you know you're getting a premium watch designed, tested, and perfected by the athlete and for the athlete. Give Coros a follow on Instagram or on Facebook at Coros Global. Coros, explore perfection. So when you're talking to AJ, about all of this stuff, and he's giving you the diagnosis and the prognosis and prognosis and all of that. Was he able to give you some clarity as to why it happened in the first place, so that hopefully it won't happen again? Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I think it's just a point where he's just like, "Yeah, we just need to strengthen like the tendon." You know that that was one, and also he's just like, "Yeah, like just the way how you're made. You know, like the way how you strike. You just ran. You know, uh, I think my heel when I." step in my heel buckles, I believe inward. And that's where, like the pain is that I, I, I believe. Uh, and so uh, I think it's just trying to, you know, fix the mechanics there, but he's like, I don't want you to flip it all the way. Like your body is going to run naturally, like the way it is just because of how you're built and, and your genetics and everything. Um, but yeah, I think part of it's just like, definitely just keep up on the rehab and prehab and just make sure that I strengthen the tendon. And it's even to the point where if you look at my Achilles now, I, I'm my right one is my injured one my right one is like a little bit thicker than my left one. And that's just because I've just been going ham on the weights with that, 
Um, maybe a little bit might be due to swelling, but that's just because like I'm actually <laughs> strengthening that tendon, I think legitimately for the first time in, in my life. And will it also cave in a little bit on the in, on the medial side? Because if it's your right leg, then also means that like you're when you're turning left on a track, then I would also assume that that would potentially exacerbate that issue. Yeah, I I feel like on the track though, like I feel like if it was my left one and I was turning, it might be a little bit more torque. While if I'm turning left on the track, it's like my right one that's that that's pushing. And especially if you're looking at the respects of like an indoor track where. Uh, most likely as a professional, I'm probably going to run on banked tracks. Um, uh, you know, my right one's going to be on the outside and it's banked. It's not so much torque on the uh, inside. I mean, I'm no physicist, but that's just how I feel about it. Yeah, I, neither am I. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just, I'm just throwing stuff out there. Who knows? This is like what I do with my own injuries. I just like throw, I throw stuff against the wall and see what sticks. Um, yeah, usually, usually to my detriment, not to my benefit. No, yeah. I mean, hopefully I give you an educated answer. Hopefully someone's not hearing this and being like, this dude is a complete idiot. Why? Well, I just lost 18 minutes of my life because of this dude. Thanks, Tyler. <laughs> so as you're coming back and it seems like things are going well and you, you, you talked about how like you had said your first workout today. That that seems to have gone well, and then you got you know the next step in the process will be this weekend. Obviously, that's exciting. Who ultimately is in charge of making sure that you don't step on the gas too hard, too fast in this process? I would say both my trainer, so AJ and, um, and coach Ben, I mean, and, and they're constantly talking, whether it's for me or anyone else on the team. Uh, yeah, I, I would, I would do my PT session with AJ and he would tell me, you know, all he's going to hear. And then he would literally, I think, or as I step out the door, he would text or ring up coach Ben and they would talk about it and and let me know what's up. Like even today, for instance, uh, I called up AJ. I told him how I felt about the workout. And he's like, all right, cool. And I told him about Saturday's workout. And I was like, hey, like, do I have the green light to do this? Do I have to check this out? And AJ's like, yeah. So I think to the point where it's just like how I'm feeling it and what's going on. It's for sure like the pulse of AJ. But also Coach Ben isn't, you know, he, he's he's no spring chicken. Like he's he's dealt with athletes that have had injuries before and you know, this isn't his first rodeo uh, with, you know, anyone That's dealing so with what I have to ben do. Rosario is wicked old. Yeah, yeah. No, he's so old. No, I'm just <laughs> kidding. Um, but but even Ben to the point, like even today, he, he's. Uh, I was like, do you want me to do more? He's like, nope, we're shutting down at 10. Today was a good day, you know? So it's, it's, it's kind of like it, it, it's both uh, two heads there for me. All right. So how far in advance do you know your workouts, either week to week, month to month, or how does that shake out? Yeah. So, for, uh, I mean, since December, they didn't put anything in final surge for me. So at that point, it was just kind of like week to week. And especially then when I was building up stuff, it was for sure, you know, it was week to week because I would then I have an Excel sheet with um, Coach Jenna, our assistant coach for my uh, cross training stuff, whether it's on the pool, stationary bike or elliptical. And then I have like my email list from coach Ben on the week about if I'm running with the team or not, or anything of that vein. So uh, for the cross training stuff, I actually just had an Excel sheet that had weeks in advance. Um, so I knew what I did for, for cross training that I did for running. Uh, but now coming back into it, I, I think it just kind of depends what the buildup is. Cause I remember when I was healthy in the beginning of the year, I knew like for like a whole entire month or two, what I was doing, like really, I like when I joined the team, he filled in everything up to like the Ekaden. And then I finished the act and then you filled everything up till the half marathon. And when I finished the half marathon, he filled like everything up until that 10K um, in December. And that half marathon was in October. So 
Uh, yeah, he's pretty punctual. And there's even times where in workouts, he'd be talking about like the next workout, like weeks ahead. And it's like, yo, dude, like I, I just need to get through this one more K. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. So when you're progressing either through your cross training or as you're, you know, continuing to uh, up the mileage and up the intensity with training, what level is acceptable for like just like being uncomfortable or slightly uncomfortable? Like say on a scale of one through 10, you know, with your Achilles, is there any level of uncomfortability that's okay for you to work through? Or is if anything that's a blip needs to get shut down and, and altered? How How is that process working for you? Yeah. So like that one through 10 scale or, or system that I've been using for this time was I would say like one, like let's just say one through three is green three through five is yellow and then five through 10 is red. I would say like, yeah, for me, if, if there's anything that's like a push, it would, it would be for sure be the five mark. Uh, I mean, beforehand just walking. Uh, but now with running, I would say the for sure push part is probably like that four area where you're like in the middle of the yellow, um, but you're not, you're not, you're not on the borderline of red where you're like, yo, if I take this next step, something's going to break. Um, and, but yeah, it, it's, it's kind of like to the point where, when I was doing like the swimming uh, and, and the stationary bike, it was at the three, just because I had to build up my aerobic side without having the pounding of running. And I don't know if you all have ever swam at 7,000 feet, but it's a lot different than running. Uh, I, I, I like to think I'm a fit person. And there's times where like I've done 22 miles at 7,000 feet, just swimming a mile is at 7,000 feet to me is way harder than running 22 miles at 7,000 feet. And so, but it came to the point where I was at that, you know, number four, for code yellow area but that's like the where I, I i just yeah i feel like that's the one where i need to push and go so i feel like once to the point where i'm running and it's literally altering my stride or my ability to put weight on my uh, like forefoot or mid or anything that's where it's like okay we need to we need to shut this down or or see if i could take like a longer break or uh something of that vein Right, right. Now that makes sense. Okay. So there's a lot of stuff going on in the running world right now. A lot of your peers, both on your team and you know, just people within the sport are racing at, at various events. NAU just competed in the national championship for cross country. Amazing Go things Jacks, are happening. Baby. Yeah, sorry. That's right. So amazing things are happening in the running world and it's extremely exciting. You are obviously a big running fan. With that said, you're not able to compete. How does that alter the way that you're consuming what's happening uh, in the sport? It's been tough. <laughs> I, I mean, I I can think I'm a I'm a happy person, a fun loving guy, but this has been really uh, it's been really testing me. Um, it could be because this is my first time dealing with a setback, and I'm just I don't deal well with setbacks, uh, and I don't do well with you know I'm I'm a very impatient person. It's still something that. I'm not supposed to master at 24, but I hope I master it when I'm old and gray and have a cool Gandalf beard, you know? Um, but it, it's just really hard for me to be uh, patient when I see my peers and everyone else that I've ran against and done so well when uh, just been absolutely killing it. And uh, I mean, there's been times where I watch a track meet um, and it was when it was either at the armory or even in any of the California ones. And I'm just angry that I, I can't be there with them. And I know like, obviously Mike McManus at Hoka doesn't think of this. And I know for sure Ben doesn't think of this of me, but I just feel like when I got, when I joined the team right now, I'm like injured. I just feel like I haven't done anything for the team yet. And I just kind of been just wasting their time. I know it's not what they think, but I know that thought has always crept into my mind. And so it's just kind of like, I felt guilty that I might've took someone's opportunity to be on the team and, you know, I just been injured. So it's been super hard. 
and I've been really, it's, it's, you know, I would say I'm just like an, you know, angry person and about that. And I usually have running as my outlet to get that out. But since I can't do that as an outlet, I guess I just have to punch a pillow or scream into a pillow. I don't know what people do nowadays when I have to deal with that, but it's been tough. Yeah. But I'm, it, it, it helps when I see people that I am like, you know, like I said, uh, when the, when our two gals, Danny and Kellen ran that 5k at the recent sound running me, I was so happy because I know how hard they've worked and I know how well they did. It made me happy that they succeeded. And especially for this, you know, like yesterday when I saw the NAU men and women, uh, just kick butt at the national championships. I mean, that definitely made me feel a lot happier, but it's been tough watching uh, track meets to know that, um, I should be in that race, but, uh, my, my one tendon is uh, preventing me from doing that. Yeah. I mean, that, that is such a tough situation and, you know, for any competitor and it's so easy to be, you know, it, you can be of two minds, right? It's not an either or situation, right? You can be happy for other people and still be bummed for yourself. Uh, you talked about your work at hypo two with your PT and getting stronger. Uh, do you also avail yourself of their services like with Shannon Thompson from a sports psychologist perspective? Oh yeah. No, Shannon is literally, I, she's like one of our team members every, once every once every week we have a we have a mental session with shannon and we all hop on a zoom call and right now we're doing something called the the, the run f method and one is uh it's it's pretty much right now we're at the point i totally forgot the acronym right now so shannon if you're hearing this i apologize um but it's it, right now it, it's it one's called like recognize or like reinforce once like notice nurture and um and right now we're at the point where we definitely uh, we want to learn how to be acceptance of ourselves and not have negative thoughts or false thoughts creep into our mind and just be able to um, take everything within stride, but have it be with a positive outset. But obviously, it's really easier said than done. You know, I, I would say I would love to say I'm mastering that, but I think I just took five minutes to explain that I was just angry at watching a track meet. So um, still a work in progress, still a work in progress. Well, that's a good point because also, does it mean that like you should never be angry or is it more of just like accepting your, accepting your current emotional state and then making sure that it doesn't necessarily hijack all of your decisions afterwards? Yeah. I, 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 I feel like, you know, if, if you have emotion behind this or anything, it means that you care, you know, and, uh, and I obviously care a lot about it because now I've, my life is dependent on it. And so, um, it, it, I, yeah, I think it's just definitely, it just shows that you care, uh, I, I'm just, yeah, I, yeah, exactly. I think it's just the point where I, I want to just kind of sit down, breathe, recognize that I'm not in a good spot that I want to be not, or anyone wants to be. And I just have to learn that everyone has to go through some adversity once in a while. I mean, shoot, the world just went through some adversity in 2020, you know, uh, no one is safe from that. And so I think it's just in the face of adversity, how do I view myself? Do I view myself as a person that's going to kink and stomp and throw dust or should I just calm down, take what's given to me and learn how to deal with it in the best way possible and hope I could grow from that aspect? All right. So obviously you're going step by step here, um, literally and figuratively moving forward. Are there any checkpoints coming up for you in terms of when you'll potentially be ready to or, you know, have certain races that you, you, you know, you look at on the calendar, say, hey, there's a chance I could be ready for X, Y or Z. Um, I, I would say just right now, my mind is just on, I, I think it's sound running meet in, in May. Um, and, and that's it. Nothing in between. I, I think the meets I do have between now and then are meets I want to be able to hop on the, the tube and watch, you know, 
my fellow alma mater kick butt in or my fellow teammates kick butt in. Um, but right now, I, I don't want to rush the process. I'm in a good spot because if I have another setback now, uh, yeah, it's I, I'm not going to the trials. And so, yeah, I, I think right now, I'm just it's definitely trying to trying to be like a, if I can name any. <laughs> any um yeah rage against the machine song it's calm like a bomb you know i definitely want to be calm but once you know my day does come to you know perform i i want to definitely leave my mark i love it i I, thank you so much for sharing all of this for also sharing your 90s musical references between rage against the machine (laughs) and cypress hill uh i feel like i'm stepping back into my youth which i can certainly appreciate Tyler, thank you so much for coming on here and sharing all of this and best of luck to you as you, you know, get better and get step-by-step closer to where you want to be. Yeah, no, I appreciate it. Thank you, Matt. Thank you for anyone that's listening. Um, yeah, definitely listen to all the other podcasts that Matt's doing. They're all great with all the other athletes in this time, but yeah, hopefully I could give you some better data next time. Hopefully I do have a race under my belt. And so talk about, uh, my process, but yeah, thank you for having me on. Tyler, thank you so much for coming back on the show. Good luck to you in all of your recovery. Also, big shout out to Koros, our presenting sponsor here on the Road to the Trials podcast. Go check them out if you haven't done so already. Their watches are so great, so functional, especially for people who are out on the track as so many of not only the athletes that we're chronicling are, but as so many of you, as you listeners are, as the weather starts to warm up, track access is getting expanded and using your GPS watch, if you just have one that's not Coros, it's not going to work great on the track. Just They're just not. But however, if you have a Coros, then it absolutely will. So thank you so much for listening and happy running. This has been a production of the Rambling Runner Podcast Network. Thank you to my producer, David Margetti, from InPost Media. Also, thank you to MetaP for the music and his song, Evolution.